Hello and welcome to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast USFL Edition. I'm your host, Ian Harditz, and we are made it, everyone. Week 10, final week of the regular season. Nothing to play for, unfortunately. This has been a situation where last week, as we talked about, we had the Birmingham, not the Birmingham Stones, we had our New Orleans Breakers facing off against the Tampa Bay Bandits. If the Bandits could have pulled off that upset victory, maybe would have had something to talk about here ahead of Week 10 because they did not. We already have our playoff matchups figured out, and those will, of course, be representing the North, the Generals against the Stars next week in Canton, Ohio. 8-1 and one Generals led by DeAndre Johnson, Luis Perez, of course, Cavante Turpin, and Darius Victor against the Stars. Hopefully, we'll have Case Cookus. Maybe, just maybe, Brian Scott makes a late-season comeback right now if their quarterbacks are going to be that banged up might be tough to expect them to get the job done but hey Joel Klatt before that case Kukas injury did predict that the stars would win it all maybe just maybe they figure it out and in the south your eight and one Birmingham Stallions will be facing off against the six and three New Orleans Breakers Stallions have gotten to this point just based on having the league's best pass rush all season long Jamar Smith had some great moments early on in the year the offense has been faltering as of late meanwhile with the Breakers very similar sentiment. I mean, there was a week, I believe week four, Kyle Sloter throwing over 400 yards, looking like the best passing quarterback in the USFL. Did get named the USFL's first team quarterback, but honestly, over these past few weeks, just been a struggle for this offense, particularly when considering all the firepower they have at wide receiver. So we'll have more previews for those games when they come along next week, but I want to take a chance this week and not dive quite as much into the matchups, DFS plays and the injuries and all that, because again, nobody has anything to technically play for. Who the hell knows what's going to happen, guys? Even I can't go full DGen this much uh, to just try to be guessing exactly what teams are going to be, um, you know, resting the starters and things of that nature. So instead, I want to step back before we get into the playoffs and just highlight 10 awesome things about this league that I've enjoyed this season. So with that in mind, let's get after it. Number one, the games have generally been close. Far from a given when you're working with these spring leagues, the AAF, the XFL, like having year one parity is really tough to come by. Credit to the USFL for doing it. Overall, 22 of 36 contests, so 61% have been decided by seven or fewer points. One and eight Panthers with a minus 37 point differential. Two and eight Gamblers, minus 29, and just beat the undefeated Birmingham Stallions. Like really the Pittsburgh Maulers have been the only dog shit team from start to finish all season long. Everyone else, even when they have been losing, they've usually been able to at least make things competitive also got a shout out reason number two to love the usfl new jersey generals wide receiver Cavante turpin just really from start to finish this year has been one of the best players in the entire league receiver rusher as we found out last week even as a punt returner the man is shifty as hell in space and is by far pff's highest graded offensive player on the season 86.3 total offensive grade number two is only at 81 Point seven. So I just don't know who let Cavante Turpin write his weight down on the roster as 155. Like, I wonder if he's like 145 at that point, because like to go that low, bro, just say 175 and maybe you'll be able to get an NFL tryout at that weight. It's obviously going to be tough, but you know what? If Tutu Atwell can do it, maybe just maybe Turpin can get himself a tryout one of these days. He certainly earned it based on his on-field performance. 
Reason number three, quarterback play has actually generally been all right, and we've had a number of quarterbacks actually flash throughout this season, specifically Bandits quarterback Jordan Tiamu. I know, wasn't nearly as good as he was with the Battlehawks and the XFL. Still, though, leads the USFL in passing yards and passing touchdowns through nine weeks, also 339 rushing yards on the ground, especially in that Breakers game last week. Very, very, very um, good instances of him just making some big-time throws down the field. Had the dime in the corner to Rashard Davis, you know, seam ball to uh, Papali as well. We've seen him put some really great throws on film, probably too erratic to get a real chance in the NFL, but at a minimum, maybe he continues to get, you know, some preseason opportunities or worst case scout team work. Also, Kyle Sloter, got to give him a little bit of credit for playing through injuries all season long. I understand that people want to hate on him for saying that he thinks that he's a top 32 quarterback. Isn't that the confidence that any quarterback should probably be have out there either way we saw the ceiling in week four 414 yard performance second most passing yards on the year kyle Slaughter, when everything is clicking still very much capable of leading the usfl's most explosive offense same point largely true four stars quarterback case Cookus, best single game performance all season long and that came in week eight where he completed 20 of 26 passes for 247 yards and four touchdowns to go along with that 79 yard touchdown scamper again that touchdown run one of the you know slowest long touchdown runs you'll ever see so uh, a bit of an oxymoron there but hey he got the points they all count the same case Cookus, please be healthy man these philadelphia stars a lot more fun to watch when they have an established guy under center which would also be fine if it was brian scott who was looking pretty damn good earlier in the year before he suffered that ankle injury 71.6 pff grade in week two when he threw for 272 yards and a trio of scores similar to cookus like this the way the stars offense works it wasn't always you know the highest rate of big time throws or all these tight window things going on but to see him put up those numbers in week two who knows like this could have been an every week occurrence by the time the midway point came along hopefully next year healthy version of brian scott gets out there we get to see him for a full season stretch Got to give a shout out to both generals quarterbacks as well. DeAndre Johnson at one point was leading the USFL in both yards per attempt and yards per carry. Unfortunately, suffered that lower body. I think it was just an ankle injury about halfway through the season. Hasn't quite been the same guy coming back. But man, when he is right, nobody impacts defenses more with their legs. Also, Luis Perez, PFF's highest graded passer with a 68.9 grade on the season. Someone that if you watch the AAF and XFL, you maybe didn't think he was ever going to get to this point. But he did. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the spring league. Credit to you, Luis Perez, on improving. Makes sense, you know, when these young guys that haven't had a chance to play all that much football, they get better when they play more football. Funny how that works. And finally, shout out to Mauler slash Panthers quarterback, Josh Love. 8.8% big-time throw rate. That's more than double in the second place, who is Luis Perez at 4.4%. So Love has had some turnover issues, but I just, man, Biggest indictment, in my opinion, on Kirby Wilson this year has been the quarterback rotations and just giving up on Josh Love so soon because, again, just watching what he's done with the Panthers and even a game or two with the Maulers, um, he's had one of the higher ceilings of any quarterback. And, uh, yeah, obviously Wilson's uh, other strategy didn't exactly go the way he was planning. Also want to shout out that I've I've gotten a little bit of a joy, some uh, schadenfreude, if you will, from all the kicker stuff going on. I mean, for them to literally complain after week one about the tracking devices in the ball and go back out and really not fix it for a few weeks uh, just really just tickles my pickle, if you will. So looking at them throughout the year, the Generals have a 48% field goal conversion rate. The Maulers are at 62%. The Bandits are at 64%. The Panthers, their extra point conversion rates, just 67%. 
they've literally caused Jeff Fisher to basically go nuts and start going for two more than any other offense out there. So kickers have been bad, but in an endearing way. Also got to give another shout out to Osiris Mitchell and that celebration. Uh, one of you guys decided to email um, my boss after I said that taunting and celebrating, you know, should be encouraged in real life. And you can go to a grocery store and you know, get in a grandma's face if you get the last loaf of bread. It was a joke. Chill out. Please don't ask me to get fired again over a USFL joke. So I like to think we're, you know, a community in here, the dozens of us that are uh, having a good time. And yeah, I really enjoyed that taunting celebration. And while I wouldn't actually go into a grocery store and yell in some grandma's face, I did appreciate Osiris Mitchell basically doing so after he toasted, I believe, Jamar Summers uh, in an early season game. I mean, for him to go up, catch the ball, literally shove the ball back into the cornerback's chest, uh, you would you wonder if you would ever play another snap in the nfl after doing something like that also gotta give some love to michigan panthers running back reggie corbin my pick for the single best running back in the usfl basically all of our advanced metrics back that up pff rushing grade number one among 21 qualified running backs number one yards per carry was six number one yards after contact per carry were 4.4 fifth and missed tackles force per carry at 0.21 Plenty of big plays throughout the year. Another instance where it's just unfortunate that he had a late season injury because you really look like to be coming on as, uh, again, the best running back and one of just the best overall players in the league. Also, how about the hard-hitting nature of this league in general? We had poor Ishmael Hyman get his tooth knocked out uh, last week or two weeks ago. But, yeah, it's been one big hit after another. I mean, that has been one of the things that we've seen from start to finish. And I love it. At its core, football, there's a physical element to it. And as someone that did play linebacker back in the day, there's always going to be that part of me that just gets hyped when, uh, you know, one human being knocks another human being off their feet. This sport, this league, guys. Reason number eight, a fairly constant dose of trick plays. I mean, you actually look at it and PFF, you know, does quantify certain plays as trick plays and they've labeled 80 plays through nine week as the trick play variety. Uh, I know I've been giving Kirby Wilson shit the whole season, which I think deservedly so, but looking at what he did last week, really fun drive where the Maulers first, they converted a fourth down on a fake punt. And then on the same freaking drive, they pulled that old, uh, I believe it was LSU who did the field goal flip over the you know holder's head basically to the kicker who then threw a touchdown pass like that was one of the coolest moments that i think the kicker position has ever had shout out to the maulers for making that happen and you know if your offense can't score touchdowns i guess you can use your special teams unit to do so also gotta give some love to new jersey's generals running back darius victor and philadelphia stars running back matt colburn we've had fun on this podcast uh, throughout the year just giving some nicknames to these guys that okay they're player comps nfl players i understand nobody in the usfl is comparable to a star in the nfl but you know poor man's version lower middle class man's version whatever you want to call it we're going to do it in a safe space here that is the pff fantasy football podcast usfl edition so again darius victor usfl's version of doug martin 120 carries 542 yards league high nine rushing touchdowns on the season and matt colburn just leading this philadelphia stars offense really emerging as the league's best version of austin eckler 412 rushing yards seven scores on the ground another 120 receiving yards and a touchdown through the air if the stars are going to win it all matt colburn's probably going to have to continue to have some big ass games and darius victor as well with the new jersey generals 
And finally, as we talked about at the top of everything, with this single elimination playoffs, I am hyped. Going to be in Canton, Ohio. I am furious that I will unfortunately be on the East Coast during these playoffs. Otherwise, I'd be trying to sit front row. But again, you know, if I did try to completely fade uh, my technical engagement party to go watch USFL games. I'm not so sure I would still have a fiance. So with that in mind, I want to shout out Eric eager for providing some of the current odds to win the USFL. And it looks like a toss up. Everyone Philadelphia, 20.5% championship odds breakers, 23.3% generals, 27.4% and Birmingham, 28.8%. I still think New Jersey has what it takes to get the job done, but really any four of these teams, particularly if the stars can get, a healthy version of Cookus or Brian Scott have a chance to take home championship glory. Real quick, week 10 picks for those of you who want to bet on it or watch at home. Season against the spread record, 2016 and one, guys. I'm going to be pissed if I lose all four of these this week and go uh, 500. But worst case, if we go 500 in the regular season, it could be worse, I guess. I know how juice works, but, you know, we'll take the freaking record. We're going against the spread. Like, nothing pisses me off more than when I watch, like, the Sunday night guys picking games straight up. And usually, what was it, the NBC crew last year, like, some of them were still doing pretty bad like picking games straight up so uh, come on it's 2022 we all know what a point spread is like when you have these guys just like yeah i'm gonna take uh so and so to win like yeah they're a 13 point favorite no no freaking shit dude so with that in mind we do have the stars going against the generals generals two and a half point favorites with the philly quarterback room so banged up right now i will take the generals deandre johnson luis perez whoever's out there very well could be better than what the stars are working with so give me the generals minus two and a half also gotta love the stallions minus three and a half going up against the tampa bay bandits when we have a contender with the playoff spot clinched against a team who is dead in the water and nothing to play for i'm taking the contender so give me the stallions minus three and a half and also give me the breakers minus three and a half against the gamblers then finally the panthers versus the maulers panthers favored by two and a half i'm gonna take the fighting jeff fishers last week just the first time all season that the maulers have actually had a loss by fewer than seven points not exactly giving kirby wilson the benefit of the doubt you gotta look at the stars in that game having to cycle through uh beyond case cook is that quarterback you can see why it didn't quite work out for him so all the favorites this week generals minus two and a half stallings minus three and a half Panthers minus two and a half and breakers minus three and a half. Great day to be great. Great day to watch some USL football. It's been all season and we got some playoffs ahead of it. So that's going to wrap up this edition of the podcast. You can check out those 10 points over at pff.com. Not going to have a review pod of the week 10 action because, again, none of it really matters in, uh, ahead of the playoffs. So we'll be back later next week breaking down these playoff action. I can't wait. And, again, thank you guys for tuning in all year long. Been a fun season, even if, you know, I get it. Not the most people in the crowd, but it's football. It's still football. It's always been football. It'll keep being football, and I'll keep watching it. So thanks again for tuning in. I'm Ian Harditz, and until next time, take care, everybody.